for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. This is Jake Kokorowski, senior writer. We got John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst here in the Vivid Seats studio. And, of course, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. Of course, first-time customers only. John, we are now just a day away. We're recording on Thursday. We are recording and one day away from Wisconsin picking up the season. It's exhibition against UW lacrosse, but we are talking men's basketball. This is our men's basketball preview show. Now we're covering both football and basketball. It's going to be a busy time here at the site. And it's a great time of the year in general, right? I mean, not just college sports. You got the NFL and the NBA and all these sports intersect. And it's a great time for those listening to be a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like you said, Jake, Wisconsin basketball uh, tipping off tomorrow night against uh, lacrosse uh, and football is obviously going to get back uh, after this bye week against Iowa. Yeah, it's a a good time to be a sports fan. It's even better time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Now, before we get into the men's basketball preview, and we got a lot to get into too, we're going to talk about the Badgers present. We're going to talk about the Badgers of the future later on after the break. We'll speak with Ben Carlson, the 2020 commit four-star recruit number 89 player in the country according to the rivals we spoke with him earlier this week we'll also talk with micah potter after you and i john break down some of our questions for this team and our predictions but before we even get into that it is halloween you and i both graduated from uw what was your favorite halloween costume that you dressed up as as a uw student oh man yeah a lot of uh a lot of memories from Halloween. Um, I remember coming up even in high school and taking part in that kind of stuff. Uh, one year, all my roommates went as like old school wrestlers and uh, I was Mr. Perfect and we had some, a couple others. I thought uh, maybe that was, you know, maybe the best costume also is probably the best party uh, that we threw. So I think that one is going as Mr. Perfect was was maybe my most enjoyable one or at least the one I can remember the best at this point. That's fantastic. There's no good segue for that, folks. I'll just be honest with you there. I mean, that perfect it's a perfect costume right there. Anyways, looking back on last year, looking at basketball, Greg Gard led the team 23 and 11 record, fourth in the Big Ten, 14 and 6 record in the conference. Of course, kind of the sour taste in many's mouth with that first round loss to Oregon in the 5-12 matchup. And again, that dreaded seed cost Wisconsin. Uh, along with some poor shooting from three-point range. Looking ahead, Wisconsin needs to replace the likes of Ethan Happ, All-American center. You have Khalil Iverson gone as well, who in seven of the last nine games averaged double figures and emerged as a scoring threat, kind of ended his collegiate career on a high note. So there's a lot to replace in terms of offensively and also defensively. You look at what Happ did, leading the team in points and rebounds, assists, and, and steals, for that matter, was second on the team in blocks, free throw attempts. So there's a lot to replace. A lot of unanswered questions heading into this season, which the regular season starts on Tuesday against St. Mary's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 
But I guess, John, leading off of those questions that I have, in your opinion, what is the biggest question heading into the season? And is it replacing that production that you saw out of these those two departing seniors? Yeah, I think it starts with, you know, replacing Hap and Iverson, um, but maybe not maybe replacing isn't the best word. I I'm just curious to see, um, you know, what is Wisconsin is able to do, uh, you know, w- without Hap and Iverson. And, you know, that's not saying that, you know, those two were big anchors that held Wisconsin back. Obviously, you know, Ethan Hap is going to go down as one of the best players in the program's history. But, you know, I think, you know, one of the critiques of last year's team was when Iverson and Hap were on the floor at the same time, which they were pretty often, obviously two starters for them. Um, you know, they, they struggled with outside shooting, essentially two guys, um, you know, with Hap, you know, anything outside of, you know, two or three or four feet around the basket, he wasn't comfortable with. And, you know, Iverson was probably just a little bit further out, you know, maybe 10 feet and out. Uh, he wasn't a great shooter. So, uh, you know, I think Wisconsin was very limited with what those guys were able to do, but obviously, you know, Hap is, was a great offensive player. Uh, for the Badgers and, and both those guys shine on defense as well. So, you know, they, they brought a lot of quality on both sides of the court, but I just think that, you know, with, with those two now graduated, Wisconsin should be able to get some more shooters on the floor. I think you'll see a little bit, you know, different, you know, spacing, maybe some different type of offense uh, just to, to work with the parts that they do have now. Um, I think, like I said, I think you'll see a better shooting team and maybe a team that pushes the pace a little bit more just because of the pieces that they're bringing back and the guys that, uh, that are available to them this year. Yeah, it really will be interesting just to see how different that offense will look. And obviously there's also a difference with the three point line being pushed back that was announced back in June. And I, you'll hear from Micah Potter a little later in the show. Just, I asked him about that and how much is going to change on both ends of the court. Yeah, my question really, I think it is revolving around just, we all talk about half. I'm just wondering how they'll replace what Iverson was able to do where he was athletic. I think a guy like Kobe King is someone that really will have an opportunity to jump out and break out. And we'll talk about some breakout player candidates this season too. But my second question with that too, and I'm intrigued with this player because you saw what he did in the red, white and whites scrimmage just earlier this month. How does, in your opinion, John, Micah Potter, the Ohio state's uh, transfer, how does his status affect Wisconsin's rotation if he can or he can't play at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know, it's it's a big blow to the depth there. Um, you know, if, if you look at, you know, him sitting the first 10 games as of, you know, tonight, I guess that, that could change. I know Wisconsin is exhausting every possible avenue that they have uh, to try to get him back uh, for the start of the season. But, you know, as of right now, um, he's, he's sitting out those games. And, you know, it's a big blow to the depth. I think Aleem Ford slides into that starting role. Um, maybe at that power forward spot, you know, along with Reavers, but, you know, behind those two guys and, and uh, with, with Potter on the bench for the first 10 games, I mean, they're really, really thin there. Uh, you look at Joe Hedstrom next in line, uh, redshirt freshman. And, you know, beyond that, I don't know how, how much deeper Wisconsin can go there. Um, so you feel a lot better with, you know, with probably Potter and Reavers in that starting lineup. Uh, Ford is a guy who can bump down, maybe play some wing. They play in the post a little bit. And then Hedstrom is a guy potentially coming off the bench, giving you some spot minutes as a guy who can, you know, defend and rebound. So, uh, you know, they're, they're not terribly deep there to begin with. And, you know, Potter having to sit out the first 10 games is, is a big blow to that depth. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they try to, 
you know, get around that or, you know, what kind of lineups they put out there, how much, you know, they're able to go small, you know, could a guy like Tyler wall, you know, play that four position as well. Um, you know, it's just, there's a lot of question marks there at a position that's just not very deep right now. Just as of recording this podcast, it's Thursday, it's Halloween. We still have not heard back about, you saw the Jim Polzine report from the Wisconsin state journal back on the 18th saying they filed, you know, basically for a reconsideration of the NCAA initially denying the waiver of Micah Potter wanted to make sure everyone knew about that. And then on top of that, there's been no new update. You'll hear from Micah Potter. I asked him about it too. And his focus and just any new updates there from our conversation yesterday, same answer, but really it, it will be interesting to see what he does once he gets on the court. And I guess I'm more interested in seeing just if the NCAA reconsiders on this note, especially you know, Jim Polzey mentioned on that where the, you know, the lawyer that he has hired has helped other players before too. And uh, lawyering up like that, that could hope, you know, I think obviously he's hoping to get that eligibility up there instead of having to wait until December 21st, which is right now what he has to do when Wisconsin faces Milwaukee, because that is after the first semester completes. And for those that Follow BadgerBlitz.com. You saw the transcription. You saw likely the YouTube video of Greg Gard. We have that up from his Monday press conference talking about the Micah Potter situation. And he's heated as well. And uh, for that note, for essentially Potter's going to miss a year and a half of, of playing basketball for doing things the right way. But you already kind of hit on this too, John. With him gone, you know, there's Tyler Wall. There's Joe Hedstrom, who I think the latter Greg Gard alluded to in the press conference on Monday, talking about how Nate Reavers got into some foul trouble in that secret scrimmage against Iowa State on Saturday. And, and it seems like he stepped up and he got more playing time during that game than maybe a little sooner than what Greg had expected. And it seems like he performed pretty well. And of course, you have this true freshman in Tyler Wall, which seems like everybody likes and during the practice that I had seen yesterday wall hit a couple of three pointers and team drills that looked impressive. And I think if Potter's eligibility isn't granted or his waiver is not granted earlier than at December 21st date, you mentioned it before. I think those two really will have an opportunity to step up and not just they'll have an opportunity. They're going to have to step up against competition like Marquette. Uh, and there's that tournament in, in November as well. And, uh, playing, you know, against Tennessee too. I think there's going to be a good opportunity for Wisconsin, you know, for these two to really step up and, and to show their metal. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a scenario where Tyler wall doesn't play right away this year. Um, I, I don't think he's in any sort of conversation, a red shirt. I think he plays right away. And, you know, like you talked about, I, I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to pigeonhole these guys into positions, but maybe his most natural position or, you know, the position that we pegged him as, as, as a recruit was a small forward, but, you know, six foot seven, six foot eight, about 200, you know, 10, 15 pounds, maybe, um, you know, a guy that can maybe slide down to the four if you're playing with a little bit of a smaller lineup. So, um, you know, I think he's a guy that can maybe help you down there. And, you know, you talked about Hedstrom too. I think he, he has to play this year. Um, just because of depth. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, the the stuff that we've heard from him, it hasn't been, you know, a ton. He's a guy who redshirted this past season, um, you know, is that he can he can rebound, he can defend a little bit. I would imagine the offensive skills are, are still a work in progress. So, 
you know, you, you feel good if you have Potter and Reavers there. You know, two guys I think they're primed to have pretty big seasons. Uh, Ford can give you help there. Wall can give you help there. But um, Hedstrom's going to, you know, have to play. You know, guys are going to get in foul trouble, and he's going to be relied upon to, to go in there and, and rebound defend. I, you know, I don't know if he can do that, to be completely honest with you. We just haven't seen him. Um, so he's he's going to be relied upon. I think, you know, he's not going to be the biggest piece on this team off the bench, but he's going to be a contributor this year. Right. And just I'm looking at the schedule. Apologies. Tennessee's after Potter's available, but Wisconsin will take on. They'll be at NC State for the ACC Big Ten Challenge in early December. Two Big Ten games, obviously, Indiana at home and Rutgers on the road along with, you know, like I said, uh, and St. Mary's, if obviously Potter's not granted eligibility or granted that waiver within the next couple of days, that'll be a big loss going up against the number 20 team in the nation on Tuesday. But uh, you know, just some quick things on Tyler Wall, too, for, for that matter. There are going to be questions about him when it comes to just what he can bring, but there's been a lot of positivity there you'll hear from Micah Potter. And I said, I'm referencing that a lot, but you'll hear from him in just a little bit about what he said about wall and also about Hedstrom. But Joe Krabenhoff had a really interesting quote, a uh, really interesting thought on wall where he basically called him a sponge and he's versatile. He'll Krabenhoff said he'll be able to guard and play any position really. And that he picks up things really, really quick. Uh, don't have to harp on them repeatedly you know, but usually takes him about once to pick it up and then he learns it. Uh, and he also, you know, he's Krabinoff mentioned this. He's just willing to do what most guys aren't. And that, that's quote unquote right there. Uh, and, but yeah, he talks, calls him a worker, does some of the dirty work and whatnot. So that's only going to help and kind of epitomizes what a Wisconsin player is or a stereotypical Wisconsin player is. So that bodes well for the true freshman. Obviously, I think he could use a year in the weight room, like all true freshmen really, uh, except for, you know, a few notable exceptions. But uh, I think big things are in store for him coming up this season. Last question before we get to predictions, which non-conference game are you looking forward to seeing the most, John? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I was looking at Ryder on, uh, on New Year's Eve. I think that's the one I'm really honed in on <laughs> coming, coming to the Cole center. Uh, no, I think there's, there's some intriguing ones, uh, you know, at Tennessee, you know, at NC state, uh, you know, you keep going there. You have uh St. Mary's the number 20 ranked team in the country. I think that's an intriguing matchup and that game will play be played in South Dakota. Um, I'm going to go back to Marquette though. Uh, just, you know, with the in-state rivalry, I think it's, it's at a really good point right now in terms of where the rivalry is at, you know, the last couple of games have been really highly contested. Um, you know, obviously Marquette came on top last year. Um, you know, they're coming to the Cole center this year. I think that's the one I, I probably have pegged, but I, I just, you know, I enjoy those contests regardless. Um, so that's, that's the one I have pegged, but the, you know, there are some intriguing non-conference games on Wisconsin schedule this year. I'll go with Marquette too. It's at home lost a, an overtime thriller to Marquette where rel- they they should have won that game. They were up by a decent margin in the second half and, and they let that one slide through. Uh, they had, I think they were up by six at one point and then they had a chance to go up by three scores or three possessions and they blew that. And then obviously free throws and, and some shooting doomed them there, which uh, seemed to be, you know, a recurring fashion for Wisconsin during the season there. But 
the conference play is going to be fantastic. You know, obviously they're at home against number one, Michigan state in February. They have trip, you know, obviously they host Ohio state and Purdue both ranked as well. So a lot of good matchups for Wisconsin this year in conference play. And that leads us into our predictions with Hap gone, just how different this offense could be. In your opinion, who leads this team in scoring, but also with rebounding, who leads this team in that category as well with just how dominant Hap was during his time in Wisconsin? You you can make a case for a lot of guys, um, I think. And obviously, you know, you you had years of Ethan Hap where you you could peg him as as that guy as a go-to guy when he needed a bucket. Um, I, it, that's a tough question, especially with the scoring. Um, you know, it, it could come from the backcourt. It, it could be a guy like Demetri Trice. Um, it could be Brad Davison. Uh, I'll go with, I'll go with Kobe King. I know that's, that's kind of a, you know, a hot name out there right now in the off season as a guy, I think a lot of people think could take that next step. Um, I'll go with Kobe King with scoring and uh, I'll go with Micah Potter in, in rebounds. Ooh, even with him possibly being out for extended period of time. That's interesting. I like that on the latter one. King's interesting too, because and you, if you guys saw it on our guards preview, which is on badgerblitz.com, Kobe, uh, Dimitri Trice mentioned that Kings actually played a little bit of point guard and that's been, a, that's been intriguing there. So I think his ability to slash and get to the rim and be a three level scorer can help him in that position too. So that's a really good call. I think it might be a guy like Trice where uh, I'll say that for scoring is because the, how he performed last year. And I think the three point percentage, I think goes a little bit more back, a little bit back up at one point heading into the Marquette game. He hit 30 of 50. He's not going to hit 60% of his three pointers regardless. There's always a regression to the mean, but I, I think Trice, I think leads the team in scoring though. I think it's one of those things where you're going to have a lot of guys, maybe not scoring, 15, 16, 17 points a game, but I think it might be 13 or 14 points. And then you have four or five other guys in double digits or near double digits in scoring. Uh, maybe more typical of, of teams past in Wisconsin since Bo Ryan took over. So we'll obviously we'll see about that. Rebound rebounding wise, it's tough with Hap. Potter's a good choice. I'll go Reavers because I think he needs to assert himself as a rebounding presence more, and they're going to need that from him. So I'm going to go Reavers. I don't have any evidence really to back it up from last year. Uh, I think he only, what, only one double, double last season. So, but I think even though he dropped about 10 pounds from what he was as a sophomore, I think he's going to assert himself more on the inside. He led the team in blocks last year. So I think besides the Nate Reavers block party, that'll happen. I think he'll assert himself more rebounding wise, not just because he, he will, because he needs to for Wisconsin and lean Ford has to as well until whenever Potter is able to play in competitive situations for Wisconsin. Number two in our predictions, piggybacking off that, how many players average double figures in scoring this season? I already gave my prediction there. And, but on top of that, how many need to score in double figures, John, for this to be a successful season for Wisconsin? Yeah, last year they had three, uh, Hap, Trice, and, and Brad Davison. Uh, I'll say four this year. Uh, but, you know, they could all kind of be clumped in that, you know, 12 to 14-point range. And, uh, you know, on any any given night, I think Wisconsin could have a different 
you know, scoring leader. You know, that that wouldn't surprise me. I think it could, you know, be any one of, you know, seven or eight guys, to be honest with you, who who leads Wisconsin scoring. So I'm gonna say that four do, and I don't I don't think it's super necessary with the way this team is broken down that uh, you know, that they have well, I, you know, well, let me say, take that back. Obviously, you want guys that you can rely on to score the basketball. I don't think it's going to be as you know important, maybe as in years past, because I think it can come from a lot of different spots. You know, there's there's a lot of guys I think that are are ready to take that next step. You know, we talked about Cody King. You know, Nate Reavers is a guy I think that you know people think I think has some all Big Ten potential. You know, do we see it this year? Uh, you know, or do we have to wait to see maybe during his senior year? Um, so I think there's a lot of guys that can take the next step. I think they're going to get scoring from a lot of different places. So I'll, I'll, I'll say four, you know, come out to average in double figures. But I think there's going to be a lot of different guys that you see atop the stat sheet, uh, you know, and on any given night. We mentioned it. The three-point line is being bumped back. The NCAA announced that back in June, 22 feet, 1.75 inches for Division One contests, which goes into effect this season. It'll affect what happens on the court offensively in terms of how Wisconsin can run, or maybe they slash a little bit more, maybe they can run a little bit more in terms of the spacing. They'll on the flip side, they'll have to defend better uh, and ha- it creates a little bit more, possibly some a little bit more difficult situations here and there. But last year with the old three point line, Wisconsin shot 35.9%. So under 36%. From the field, and they got cold in those final dozen or so games. I believe I'm not mistaken. I remember calculating that it was under 30%. And we saw what happened against the Ducks in the NCAA tournament where they went ice cold in that loss that sent them home for the rest of the season. But John, now with you have Demetric Trice, you'll have Michael Potter back at some point who can shoot a little bit there. Nate Reavers, Aleem Ford have proven they can shoot from the perimeter, Brad Davidson, Brevin Pritzel for that matter, led the big 10 conference during conference play in three point shooting. Where does this team need to shoot? What's the three point percentage that you think they need to shoot to be successful to, to make it back to the NCAA tournament? I just, I think that they'll, they'll shoot better. And, you know, that goes back to the guys that they're going to be able to put on the floor. Um, Hap and Iverson were, you know, Hap didn't even attempt three pointers, and Iverson, you know, when he did, he kind of held your breath a little bit, uh, just because he's, you know, not a great shooter from outside. So I think just they're going to be putting better lineups out there to to shoot the three. Um, you know, whether or not the distance change factors in, I, you know, I think it will. It'll just be interesting to see how Wisconsin, uh, you know, adjusts to that, and you know what their numbers are there. Uh, I, I think they'll improve in that department. You know, they there's a lot of room for improvement there. Um, you know, in terms of what they need to shoot, you know, I, I don't know what that needs to be. Um, and, you know, not to steal any thunder from the last question, but, you know, I, I do think that they, they make the tournament this year. Um, I think they have enough guys to do that, enough returning, enough experience to, to get that done. I was going to say, yeah, that, that was part of the last question. I think they'll make the NCAA tournament as well. So it was a two-part question, so we answered one part of it. My question to you, will they may make the tournament in your eyes. I think they will as well. But will UW place fourth or higher in the Big Ten with the firepower that you see within the conference right now? Yeah, that's you know, that that's a tough one. You know, you, you would imagine that the same 
teams are, are going to be at the top, you know, Michigan State, um, you know, Maryland, I think, could be good this year. Ohio State could be better this year. Purdue could be good this year. Um, you know, I, even a team like Illinois I, you know, should be much improved, although they've they've kind of struggled. And then, you know, Michigan, um, I, I think Wisconsin's going to be good this year. Like I said, I think they're, they're going to make the tournament, you know, in terms of, you know, cracking the top four. I certainly think it's possible. Um, I, I guess if I had to say today, though, uh, just because there's so many question marks around surrounding this team right now, um, you know, we no one got to see the secret scrimmage. Well, obviously, some people did. Uh, we certainly did not. Um, it's it's just it's going to be interesting to see what this team looks like. Um, I think they have good tests early on, so you're going to have a better idea of that. I, so I guess if I have to answer that question today. I will say on the outside, but it absolutely would not surprise me if Greg Gard and this team fell their way in, into the top four of the Big Ten because I do think they're good enough to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we'll agree there. I won't add too much more to that. I, I, I'll predict them outside of that. I think they might be fifth or sixth, but they'll be in contention up until that last couple, those last couple of weeks of Big Ten play in my eyes, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made it within the top four, top three of the conference just based off of what guard can do with the within the program and and what this team this program has done you know since the 2000s and, and proving people wrong and i think there's a lot of talent on this team folks what we're going to do now is we're going to take you to an interview i had with ohio state transfer and current wisconsin badgers forward micah potter a great 10 minute conversation just talking about what he's been through in terms of his focus with the eligibility status up in the air. And we kind of do our own little team preview with him as well, talking about what he's seen out of particular players. Great discussion from him. Let's take you to it right now here on the badgerblitz.com podcast. Joining us now on the badgerblitz.com podcast. I've talked to him a couple times before on a previous employer, but now also earlier during media day, we welcome Micah Potter on the show and Micah, man, First off, I know there's been so many, so much news lately. The, the initial waiver denial, the report about the reconsideration, the filing for reconsideration for for your appeal. Now, how are you doing? Are you, are you doing okay? Are you handling everything all right? I know we just talked about your your exams you just had, but how are you feeling? Yeah, the exams definitely added some stress, but honestly, now it's all right. I mean, the whole thing's out of my control. All we can do is just be patient with it. Um, and, you know, like, like I said before, is, you know, just accept what, what, what's reality. And that's, you know, I just have to sit out for a little bit longer. So um, we're just getting ready for uh, the game on Friday and then getting the guys ready for St. Mary's next Tuesday. So just making sure, any new updates from the initial UW refiling that reconsideration? Nothing, no new news as of Wednesday the 30th, right? Yeah, we haven't heard anything yet. So we're just, like I said, we're being patient with it. It's, <laughs> it's frustrating, but all you can do is just wait right now. I mean, how, how have you had to keep your focus or how has your focus changed with you know preparing with for the season and preparing the team as well uh, you know leading up to St. Mary's and even the, the exhibition game against lacrosse well the biggest thing is and I've had multiple conversations with coach guard um, just figuring out what my role is going to be as of right now and and so far it's just I'm on the scout team I can't play so the best thing for me to do right now is just to get the other guys ready because I can't play so I can the best thing I said the best thing for me is just to help these other guys so my focus has just been okay you know what I'm accepting my role as again on scout team um but if anything changes then my role will change um but as of right now I'm just a member of the scout team I was there on Monday during the 
coach guards press conference and Greg had mentioned I mean, obviously very complimentary things about you. How does it feel when you have a coach like that go to bat for you and, and just hearing those words and you can hear maybe more even keeled Greg guard, you can feel the emotion and you can feel the frustration there. Uh, what does it mean to, to you for a coach to go to bat for you like that? Oh, I mean, it means a lot to know that your coach has your back. I mean, that's kind of all you really want from a guy like that, a guy who's going to take care of you but also push you. And he's, been, he's done both things since I've been here at the highest level. So it was really cool. I hadn't seen the interview um, or the press conference that he had, but I, my dad told me, and I've been told by multiple people, that it was, uh, he said he had a lot of good things to say. So I'm glad I've been able to show myself in a way that makes him say good things like that. But uh, it's, it's definitely really cool. Now, we wanted you on the Badger Bliss podcast, one, to talk about you know, how you're doing, but two, also, you have a unique perspective of you've been on the scout team last year when you transferred from Ohio State. You've seen what this team has done this summer and in, you know through October with practices. So I guess you know with this team, you know, how have you seen the team bond early on? I know obviously with Coach Howard Moore in his situation, the the tragic accident. But you know, how have you seen the team come together? How have you seen the players and the coaching staff come together? You know, from the off season to now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, it all started in the summer. I mean, obviously, we had the Coach Moore accident, and that really kind of bonded us on a more deep level than what you would uh, normally see from a team. Um, but at the same time, even after that, and, I, and I, I, last year during you know the school year and during the season, it's a little bit different because the season's going on, you guys are busy with classes and travel and all that kind of stuff with games. So I was really able to see us uh, hang out a lot more, spend all of our time together in the summer. Um, and, and throughout workouts, we just really had a lot of fun. I mean, this entire summer was one of the best summers of my life. Um, off the court and off uh, and on the court. So but then as you get into the preseason stuff, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, guys encouraging each other, guys laughing, having fun, playing super hard and being super competitive in practice. And that's really what's, you know, when practices are competitive like that, they get they make it fun. So um, that's really been the biggest thing um, with these guys are hungry. Obviously, with the loss of some guys, guys have a, you know, a bigger role to step into. Um, and they're but they're ready to. I mean, we've talked about like Aleem and Nate, you know, and Kobe and all these other guys who are going to be stepping into a much bigger role. Um, and they're hungry and they're ready to go. And that's really exciting to see. I'll say when it comes to, is there, you guys are going to have like a motto, you guys have a motto, right? Going on, you guys have wrist, have wristbands or can you explain what, what that is and what it means? Yeah, so it's all about Coach Moore. Um, and so obviously our season's pretty much dedicated to him. Um, and like we said, we have, we have wristbands with it on and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the really biggest thing is it kind of focuses our mindset to doing more for more. Um, and that's kind of what the mantra is a little bit. Um, and just so it's focused, keeping our, fo- our you know, focus on basketball and not getting too outside of our wits or anything, but also making sure that we're keeping our focus on who we're doing it for, and that's Coach Moore. Now, were you at the secret scrimmage at all then? Uh, you weren't able to play, right? No, According to I one of the podcasts, play. I couldn't play. But yeah. What were so, but were you there? And what did, what kind of, what sort of takeaways did you get from that playing another Division One team like Iowa State? Yeah, so I was there, um, and it was you know there were a lot of really good things, and I know the guys were ready to just get out and play against someone different than ourselves because <laughs> playing against ourselves for you know the last you know little over a month, I think. Uh, it gets to be a little tiring. So it was good to, like, I, got, I know the guys were excited to go out and play against someone else. Um, and there were a lot of good things that, you know, came from it. Guys stepped up, guys performed, and even guys that we didn't expect to do as well or have as much of a role had a bigger role. And, like, guys like, you know, Joe, I think Coach talked about Joe a little bit. Um, Joe did, you know, stepped into the role that he had to, and he did it really well. So um, guys were excited, guys were having fun, uh, and we played really well. Speaking of Joe, talked about him and then and Greg 
talked about him during the Monday press conference. But how how have you seen him and even like a true freshman like Tyler Wall, who during practice just hit a couple three-pointers uh, during team drills, how have you seen them progress and how much of an impact do you think they could have this season? Yeah, well, especially with me being out, the role is going to be you know, even bigger. Um, obviously, they're going to have much, a, bit, a much bigger role. Uh, but guys like Joe, I mean, his biggest thing is he's really been able to focus on keeping it simple. I know a lot of the time with freshmen, and obviously he's a redshirt, but he uh, didn't play at all last year. He was on the scout team. So being in a situation where he's actually playing for the first time, a lot of times guys can get kind of, you know, out, psyched out of their wits a little bit. He's been doing, he's done a very good job of controlling that and, you know, keeping it simple, not trying to do too much. And because of that, he's been able to you know, perform at a high level, whether it be rebounding, you know, playing defense, uh, or getting dump offs and pump faking, getting fouls, or, you know, doing little finishes around the hoop. He's done a really good job with that. And then Tyler Wall is just playing really hard. He had a lot of, uh, a lot of situations in the scrimmage. And then, all, as you said, in practice where he stepped up, hit big shots, and done all the little things really well, running the floor, you know, making smart passes, getting offensive rebounds, all of that kind of stuff. So he's done a really good job too. Now, in that front court too, with you not, being eligible right now how have you seen someone like Nate Reavers step who I know maybe dropped about 10 pounds this you know uh, from last year but also a guy like you know Aline Ford where their roles and, and their importance may be elevated even further with you not being in no and like I've mentioned before with the loss of other guys kind of guys were ready to step up and so um, Nate's done a really good job with you know making sure that he's ready to step up and he's performed in practice and in scrimmages and you know and all over the place whether it be shooting the ball finishing inside like he had a couple finishes earlier today in practice where he's done a really good job of getting his feet set pump faking and going up strong with a jump hook um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that he's developed over the last couple weeks is his ability to finish jump hooks rather than doing fadeaway jumpers and that's really you know increased his game and his ability to score so um, that, that's, I think that's the biggest thing is just his ability to finish inside as he's really increased with that. And then uh, with with Aleem, how have you seen him progress? He's looking a little trim. I think he's like maybe more defined from even last year, uh, which I thought even the year prior he had you know redefined his body even further from from a couple years ago. But how have you seen him progress too? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is he didn't have an injury. He, you know, he's healthy. He's got his confidence back because of that. And like as many people have talked about his the way he changed his body over the off season from even more from what he did before. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You know, he looks a lot more cut, a lot more defined. Um, and he's really put a lot of work in. And with that comes a lot more confidence with his, you know, the more strength you have, the more confidence you have playing inside, banging around on defense, banging in the post, all of that kind of stuff. And that just translates to everything. When you gain your confidence like that, confidence comes in your shooting. And so he shot the ball really well. And also with ball handling, if you have confidence, you're going to drive the ball, you can finish more. So really the biggest thing is his confidence and his strength has increased. And that's really helped him a lot. A couple quick questions in terms to, of more maybe at the aesthetic of the game. The three-point line's backed up a little bit. How much do you think that's going to change the the offense uh, and, and how it's going to change even defending on defense as well? Yeah, well, it definitely spreads the floor a little bit, you know, more than compared to what it was before. Um, and that obviously opens up a little bit more of a driving lane for, you know, ball handlers and such. But uh, but the big thing is, is, you know, I think guys are going to have to adjust the distance. I mean, I think, you know, in the beginning, percentages will go down a little bit just because, you know, it's a little bit farther back. But I think guys will be able to adjust to it. We haven't had too much of a problem in practices uh, with adjusting to the three-point line. Uh, but defensively, it definitely makes it a little tougher, having to cover more ground, uh, having to pack the floor even more with more space to cover. Definitely makes it a little bit more difficult, but we'll be prepared for any. Two more, just two more quick hitters. Who do you think is going to be the breakout player of the, of the year for the Wisconsin Badgers? I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of guys that have stepped up. I mean, we've talked about Aleem and his confidence with everything. I think Kobe's going to have a lot more of a role on the team. We talked with Nate. 
Um, those three guys have done a really good job. Obviously, we know what everyone else can do, but I think the guys that are going to be more cause more of a surprise are the guys who didn't have as big of a role last year and have the more of an increased role. So I think those three guys will have a bigger impact. Uh, I, last question. I saw that you were on scout team and last Thursday at a throwback Thursday with some of the older Badgers. How did it feel to play with some of the guys like Bronson Koenig and Mike Wilkinson and, and whatnot? And, and what any advice they gave you? The biggest thing is, I mean, the biggest thing that they do on an impact is they make the game really easy. Um, coming in and practicing, it's a little bit different coming from guys who have played professionally and played it here at the highest level. They just make the game a little bit easier and they take it, they make things so much slower. They slow it down because they can just see it and it just makes it a lot easier. So it's a lot of fun to play with them. The biggest thing with them is just be patient and just play hard. They know the ability that I have uh, and they have they trust me with, my, with that ability, but at the same time, they know the situation that I'm in. So they say, take that ability and kick these guys rear ends when practice. So when you get out of the court, you're ready to kick those guys rear ends on the opposite team. Michael, we appreciate your time, man. Looking forward to seeing you on the court soon, whatever that is, and have a great season. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Micah Potter for joining the show and giving credit where credit is due. We heard about Micah Potter not playing in the secret scrimmage along with the team's slogan and the wristbands from the Behind the Badgers podcast. We just like making sure we cite the correct sources there. Folks, one thing, too, to look at, we're talking basketball, and of course, the home opener for the Wisconsin Badgers is against Eastern Illinois for basketball, but next weekend's going to be crazy busy because I'll be down at the Cole Center for Wisconsin Eastern Illinois on Friday the 8th, and then the 9th at Camp Randall Stadium, Wisconsin hosts the Iowa Hawkeyes, and it's another can't-miss game. It's an elimination game, essentially, from the Big Ten West Division, not just the Heartland Trophy on the line. And make sure you have your seat for the game with our friends at Vivid Seats. And Vivid Seats is a top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. With Wisconsin on its second buy of the 2019 season, they kick back up the action, as I mentioned, against Iowa inside Camp Randall Stadium next Saturday, November 9th. And there are still four more games in the regular season for Wisconsin to make a huge push. And of course, there's the NBA, there's the NFL, so much going on college football, so much going on even this weekend with college football playoff implications. And if you haven't forgotten in on the action, if you haven't gotten in on the action, now is the time. Check out the latest from our friends at mybookie.ag. And please note that the football lines may not update for the next week until Monday or Tuesday, but there are props and other fun things. If you search the left column for NFL lines, NBA lines for our hockey friends, NHL lines and others. And of course, in addition to traditional spreads and totals, there are quarters and halves or periods on the ice, player props, including points, yards, or goals, PGA, NASCAR, soccer, and more. 
Now is the best time to get in on the action. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME, and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. We're going to take one more quick break, folks. Come back. Ben Carlson, 2020 commit, joins the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Check it out in just a couple. We are back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst here in the Vivid Seats studio. But we also have joining us in the studio, the virtual studio, four-star recruit, number 89 player, number 89 in the country in the 2020 class, according to Rivals. We got Wisconsin commit Ben Carlson. Ben, thanks for making time for us this week. And are you counting down the days until signing day? Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to make it official. I know. I'm really, I'm really happy with my decision. Wisconsin's great school, and I can't can't wait to sign and get out there in, in June. I think it's can't wait for it. And with that, too, starting off with, with the relationship with Wisconsin, what initially drew your interest to Greg Gard and his program? And what ultimately sealed your, your verbal commitment to the Badgers? I mean, I think it started like they were the first school to ever contact me uh, winter of my freshman year, so like four years ago almost. And I think the biggest thing is that uh, Coach Gard was always like consistent with me. Like he never changed his message towards me. Like they always stayed consistent and they always wanted me. Like they never wavered in that really. I think it's just like the, the history at Wisconsin that really – was really appealing to me and just uh, the history of success of like guys, my position, my skill set. I think that was kind of the biggest thing for me, just seeing how they develop guys like that. I think that was a big, big draw for me. And then Ben, you know, we talked after you committed as well. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin has a lot of Minnesota guys on that current roster. And also, you know, there's a little pipeline to that D1 Minnesota AAU program. Um, just mm-hmm. kind of speak to, you know, you carrying on that tradition of being the next Minnesota guys and uh, how much maybe that being comfortable with those guys already on that roster helped uh, with your commitment to the Badgers. Yeah, I think that's another big part of why I picked Wisconsin is because the level of comfortability I had with them, like knowing, knowing that I have like, I don't know, like six or seven other Minnesota guys on the team already, like that's just that's made the decision a lot easier for me, just being able to, like, know the guys around me have, like, similar values and are, like, about the same things as me, I guess. It made it – it just makes, makes me feel a lot more comfortable about going to play there. For those that don't necessarily know what's what goes on during an official visit for a basketball program, you visited the program, the, the university, the campus area back in September, back on – it looks like mm-hmm. the 6th of September – what do you do on those visits? And then what stood out about yours at Wisconsin compared to other programs? Um, so yeah, on the visits, like there was a football game against like central Michigan, I think they won, like I was like 40 to zero or something. So we went to that and then I hung out with the players a lot. That was, I really enjoyed that. And then there was a lot of meeting with the coaches, just like where I fit with the team and like, uh, my role with the team, that kind of thing. So yeah, I was kind of like hanging out with the players, getting to know them, and a lot of meetings with the coaches. But I feel like a big difference was like 
like the whole most of the team was there like I got to meet most of the team like at dinner there was probably four or five players there so I got to know a bunch of guys really well I think that that was a big factor in my decision just being able to know a lot of guys on the team before I made my decision and Ben you know you I think you had your list uh kind of narrowed down to six schools um just from you know the stuff that we've been hearing you know rumblings and stuff like that and obviously you know you and your family know what was going on behind the scenes but you know Xavier was was mentioned a lot Stanford was mentioned a lot um I think a lot of people may perceive those two schools as in the lead for you for a good amount of time um is was that the case and if so you know what maybe vaulted Wisconsin uh in in the last you know couple weeks leading up to your commitment um yeah like those those schools obviously they were recruiting me for a while too so they're definitely up there but I feel like like all the schools have a good chance it's just I mean it was a hard decision for me and it came down to like the I don't know just a couple small things made the difference for me but I think the biggest thing I felt really comfortable at Wisconsin like all the other schools are great schools and I really respect all the coaches at those other schools but I felt like I can have the most success as a player and a person at Wisconsin. I, I think that's what put them over the top of those other schools. And then going off that, uh, you know, in your conversations with the coaching staff, uh, how does Wisconsin maybe envision you in that offense? You've talked about, you know, guys that have had similar success, maybe had a similar skill set than you. But, you know, in your conversations with the coaching staff, uh, you know, how do they envision you working at Wisconsin, kind of fitting in that offense there? Uh, I know they want me to play a lot on the wing, kind of like Sam Decker, and then be able to play inside, obviously, because my height and strength. So just do a little bit of, like, the 3-4 position, kind of stretch four, I guess. But we'll play a lot on the wing, which is, like, I like to put on the perimeter a lot. Let's just be able to do a little bit of everything. They Like, they kind of compared me to Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky, a mix of that. But, like, I'm different than them, so I just kind of – do my own thing, but they want me to play on the wing, do like a three or four for them. So, are you doing some self evaluation? In your opinion, what stands out about your game? But then, what are some areas that you're hoping to improve on and you think you can grow more once you get to Wisconsin? Well, I think one of the strongest areas in my game is just like being physical. I know I put a lot of time into the weight room, it's getting stronger and faster, like you know, being, being able to jump higher. So, I think that's Definitely one of my strong suits is being physical, like driving to the hoop, being able to finish through contact. And then I bought uh, two things I've been working on a lot over the past, like throughout high school, is from my sh- three-point shooting and my ball handling. Because I know if I want to play on the wing a lot, then I have to be able to handle the ball and shoot the three well. And I know my three-pointers come a long way. It's gotten a lot better. I feel, feel really good about that, but definitely going to keep working on those two areas in my game because that's, got to be able to shoot and dribble at any level. So can keep working, working on those two. And then, you know, we talked about D1 Minnesota. Um, Stephen Kral committed just, you know, a couple of days before you did. Um, you know, what what is he going to bring to Wisconsin and, and maybe how much of a factor did that play into your decision as well, just knowing one more guy uh, that, that you played with is, is going to be headed to Wisconsin with you? Yeah, definitely. I think he brings a lot to the table. I know – one of the most underrated things about him, he's a really good passer out of the post. He is like, he he loves to pass, and that's good. Having a big guy who likes to pass out of the post, so that creates a lot of opportunities for everyone else. He can shoot it well. Obviously, he's he's really big, so he's a good defender, blocks a lot of shots. But 
yeah, I know. I've known him. I'm friends with him. We're good friends. So I think that's definitely going in with someone I already know and I'm friends with that definitely made my decision a little bit easier. With that too, how have you, how's your relationship grown with the other 2020 commits and not there's, there's five of you now uh, heading in with, with signing day coming up in just what a few weeks, but mm-hmm. how have you guys started to grow and develop and, and establish a bond early on? Well, I think I've just gotten in contact with them a lot more. I know I try to talk to, like I, after I committed, I try to get get all their numbers and stuff and talk to them a little bit. But yeah, I talk to them like once in a while just to keep that relationship keep that relationship growing because I know I'll be there for four years with them. So that's definitely big to have those relationships early. And then um, I know that your focus coming up here is going to be you know your your senior season. Um, but have you looked at maybe the next time you'll get back on campus? Has that been talked about, or is that you know just something that's still kind of up in the air at this point? Um, I'm actually trying to go out there. I think it's for the Iowa football game. And like, they have a basketball game that Friday night and then a football game Saturday. I think it's like November 8th and 9th, but it depends on my, my sister might be in uh, the state tournament for volleyball then. So if they make it, I won't be able to come out, but if they don't, then I'll be out there for a visit. So that'd be the next time, hopefully. So we'll see if that works out. And then anything special planned for signing day, or is it just kind of get up in the morning, sign the papers, and, you know, get, head off to school? At my school, I actually do it at my school. It's like, I think it's usually there's like six or seven other people who like sign a Division One, sign a Division One school. So I think we do, it's like 30 minutes before school, but I think a bunch of people will be there. So I think that'll be pretty cool. Before we let you go, Ben, I got just two off the wall questions for you. One, what was the best thing you ate in Madison when you were here on your official visit? And two, for those of us that are maybe vertically challenged, how does it feel to dunk? <laughs> um, I don't remember the restaurant, but there was a, it was like some upside down pineapple cake or something. Like it was really good. I don't, it was at some nice steak place. I don't remember what restaurant, but it was, it was a really good dessert. I know a bunch of other players and coaches uh, try to take it from me so that was that was really good and then I mean I don't really Duncan's fun like this is fun getting up there got hanging on the rim like can't really explain it's just it's a thrill I guess I don't know <laughs> Ben we appreciate you taking time out this week enjoy national signing day on your signing day and we'll see you in Cardinal White coming up next year thank you appreciate it thanks for having me Yeah, thanks so much, Ben. Really appreciate it. Big thanks to Ben for joining the program. Obviously, National Signing Day for basketball is coming up soon. And in December, the early signing period as well for football comes along. And there's so much going on with recruiting both basketball and football. John, just for a little preview for people, what's coming up this week from and next week from BadgerBlitz.com? especially with recruiting and and we have basketball and football. It's a great time for people to become members of rivals.com and the Badger Blitz community. Yeah. You know, we've been adding some names to that guest list for Wisconsin's game against Iowa. Um, You know, obviously the the Jalen Berger's name was released uh, a couple days ago and um, you know, he'll be in town for, for that weekend. Uh, I'm hearing there, you know, could be maybe at least one more official visitor added. Um, So, you know, we're adding names to that. 
uh, you know, we're real busy with football and basketball. And I think we're going to try to get a few more basketball guests uh, to come on before the start of the high school season. Some guys that are committed to Wisconsin, uh, obviously Ben Carlson's interview was great. And we're hoping to get uh, maybe that type of thing uh, from a few of the other guys who are committed because you know, Wisconsin's been on a great run there. Um, you know, I think they got a chance to maybe secure another one in, in Julian Roper, uh, who, who's scheduled to be taking his official visit uh, for the weekend of the Iowa game as well. So, uh, you know, plenty of content uh, with football and basketball. And then, you know, as always, we have recruiting content on the site each and every day. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great time to subscribe. Um, we'd love to have you. We'd love to earn your business. Folks, you can guys go to badgerblitz.com, of course, wisconsin.rivals.com. On Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers, on badgerblitz.com. We put up our articles each and every day. And we also have for Twitter, John's Twitter account, at McNamara Rivals, for all the latest recruiting nuggets and of information, all the news. For me, it's at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. And, of course, follow the official badgerblitz.com account, at badger underscore blitz. Then for this podcast, great thing for us, this is a free podcast, but if you hit that subscribe button, if you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, tune in. Anytime you have a chance to hit that subscribe button, it's free. But what it does, it allows you, when a new episode is uploaded, you get it instantaneously or very close to that, and you get to listen to it right away, and it goes right into, if you listen to it on your desktop, your laptop, your iPhone, your Android phone, any other phone that is a smartphone along with an iPad or tablet badger blitz that our podcast is available for you right then and there. So please check that out. We love reviews too. We love incorporating new feedback and we're going to work to continue to make this the best Wisconsin badgers podcast out there that we can make it. So please, once again, subscribe, give us some reviews. Five star reviews are great. It helps us improve our product and kind of really expand our ability to reach audiences especially those Wisconsin Badger fans. There's a lot more to tap and we want to provide and, and show you all why it's a great chance to join badgerblitz.com and to read our content and to become a part of our community. So coming up this week, later this weekend, probably Sunday-ish, we'll have another edition of the podcast. We're going to be talking, obviously getting ready for Wisconsin, Iowa, maybe some thoughts about Wisconsin's exhibition against lacrosse and much more. So stay tuned, folks. Thanks for listening. For John McNamara, this is Jake Kokorowski. We'll talk to you guys early next week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.